I want to talk about, we had a meeting today, and I want to talk about Kevin saying <laughs> that he could be mean. Yes. As he was like giggling and smiling. <laughs> I and can be mean. I can be mean. <laughs> I, I feel like you being angry would just look like this. No, his <laughs> eyes just go dead. Yeah, you see it a little bit in my eyes. It's kind of like you when you get like super. I remember the first time I worked on July Jam with you, and that uh, was a like a our CTV at a previous church. And I went by, and someone hadn't gotten something to you. You were so annoyed, and your eyes were just dead, and I was terrified. (laughs) (laughs) Like I know he's mad. Why don't you know he's mad? So we're talking about forgive week nine. Welcome, Christy and Kevin. We are talking about receiving and giving forgiveness. Actually, now kind of taking a turn a bit this week, and instead of looking at how to forgive others, it's how we then begin to live in repentance. Because there's certain things that come up where we will feel guilty, and some things there should be a guilt that comes along with it. But then false guilt, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel guilty for something. It's just out of proportion with the act. And the only way to deal with true guilt and false guilt feelings is to have a standard that is not us. And that standard is who God is, the scriptures, who's he revealed himself to be. And only by having that standard can we say, I don't need to feel guilty in this way for these things. Uh, But even when we are guilty for things, what do we do with it? You know, we, we take it to who God is and we go to repentance, returning to who God calls us to be. And so this we're going to spend a lot of time talking about what repentance is not. It's not blame shifting. It's not self-pity. And it is not beating yourself up. So everybody sees how bad you are by how bad you say you are. And when you're only said you're bad enough long enough, well, then all of a sudden you feel like I have hurt myself enough. I feel like I can be forgiven. It turns it all inward. Mm -hmm. And then what we do in repentance, though, is we confess uh, the wrongdoing and then we forsake. We stop doing that. We go with another direction. And then ultimately, it should all lead to the place of joy where we have joy because of what God has done. So our entire lives change. True repentance brings us to a place where everything in our lives begins to change and revolves around, again, the gospel. Can you tell, can you explain? Oh. Can you explain the difference (laughs) between conviction and guilt? Like some people feel like or can't determine whether they're being convicted by the Holy Spirit or if this is guilt that they're bringing on themselves. Guilt is not something that's bad. When you live in the guilt, it turns into shame. And that's when it's bad. If you feel guilty for something, I think a good question is, what's the conviction? Mm. And so you can put those two together in a way that works because conviction isn't isn't just a negative towards guilt. Conviction can be a a push towards a joy. Yeah, why do you feel guilty? Is it because someone is pushing the guilt on you or is it because you actually broke God's standard? Why is that guilt um, there? Where What is it coming from? Mm-hmm. And is it from a place of untruth um, or is it from us actually doing something that God would have better for us? When, you know, when we talk about false guilt, there is a lot of man-made rules that go with false guilt. For years, they used to say, if you have playing cards in your house, that might lead to gambling. And playing cards in your house is a sin. Or I was listening to um, Robert Mueller's morning briefing last week, and someone asked him, what church figure would you like to hang out with? And he said, well, 
I really like Calvin for the theology, but Luther just had a, a joy in his life. And, and so I'm like, no, he wouldn't. Because <laughs> Luther would, would have made him hang out at the pub. And Albert Muller would not go to the pub. It would be that's that man-made rule of don't have it around you, don't go near it. There is heaps of guilt that people feel they have based upon different man-made rules. And so you have to ask, is this scripture or is this a man-made rule? I think too often what we do is we set aside the things God has said. We don't listen to that. And we listen more to our man-made rules. And we need to look at what God actually says. I see this a lot with moms, where you, and it's called mom guilt, where they're taking on this guilt because they made a mistake because they're human or something, or because they can't spend enough time with their kids because they have to work to put food on the table. You know what I mean? And then they create this burden that they were not meant to carry. Well, I think then it compounds. And then as kids grow up and make their own mistakes, I think that we were talking about this actually yeah. the other day about, well, I could have, should have done better mm-hmm. as a parent. And, and it kind of, yeah. re- it removes their capacity to make decisions on their own because moms feel, mm-hmm. tend to feel responsible well into adulthood. <laughs> Throughout the their life. Yep. It's true. What standard are we using to compare ourselves to? Mm. I mean, there's some things, but not this pressure that culture and media puts on parents to perform for their kids. Mm -hmm. So I think there might be. But when we become the center of our own lives and I live my truth, there is nothing that can take that false guilt off of you because you have just defined yourself as the center of your world. And when we're the center of our world, Mm -hmm. we, we can do nothing to alleviate that. So if someone comes in and, and whether it's in the youth group or in a GC we lead that they actually have something, a good guilt, a good conviction, how do we help them walk into the next step of forsaking, repenting of that thing? Well, I, I think a, a good question to ask when someone does that is, is there anything else that they are concealing in it? Because sometimes we'll even confess, but not all the little bits and pieces. It's like, oh, you found this thing out, or but I don't want to confess this other part because that makes me look really dumb. Not sin hunting, but you know, is there anything else there that, that really needs to be talked about? Because if you just do this, but not that's still hidden, it's, that's still going to come up later. Mm-hmm. And so when you, after they, I think you confess, then you help them to learn how to forsake. And, and forsaking obviously comes because of what Christ has done, but many times we need people's help to walk through that forsaking process. I mean, there, there's people right now that that I am having conversations with who are working on forsaking things, and they call me and let me know when they're struggling with stuff so that I can I can help. And I'm not always the greatest help. <laughs> well, you're limited, right? You right. can't. You can. What can really? What can you do? And stopping, <laughs> you know, and stop ongoing right actions or desires of the heart. We we need one another, and it's not. I'm not saying that we don't. But eventually our faith needs to also become our own as we live and walk it out. We've run into situations leading a GC where we have people that confess the same things Mm. every single week. And I think at some point the most loving thing to do for that person to at some point point out that they're confessing the same thing. And it's like, well, okay, you're in the confession stage, but how are we going to move on from here? Mm. What is going to change do you want to change? Because sometimes I think that's your identity, right? You just sit there in that and I'm a terrible person and this is me being humble mm-hmm. when it's actually making it all about you. We carry sometimes this guilt to beat ourselves up 
because it, for some weird reason, we've adopted that into part of our identity. I guess the, the scripture that comes to mind, um, kind, his, his kindness leads us to that repentance, right? As we humbly accept his, his grace, his mercy, that changes us. And it might take time. I mean, the other scripture that comes to mind from uh, Keller's book here is if a person sins seven times and comes to you for forgiveness seven times, you still forgive them. So I think that's a hard balance to figure out of, well, they keep repeating it. I want to protect myself. Yes, there's boundaries. But how, how do we help them actually turn? Yeah, I think also diving into kind of motives. They're confessing like a fruit or an action that causes fruit. And they may not want that anymore in life. And But what is it they really are believing about how good and gracious God is? because if they're not, because they can turn away from an, a fruit and have it be just as bad, just as not right uh, and have it not be God. And if it's not God, then it's not true repentance of that thing. It's just behavior modification. So going back to kind of last week, talking about the, the gospel identities mm-hmm. in the everyday that you are created in his image. And this thing that you're distorting, you're, um, you know, God created it good. And because of sin, it is now not good in your life. What does it mean to worship God and enjoy this thing or not under his, his, in his presence? Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's the only way to me that we actually get to joy on the other side is because then it's just behavior modification of, mm-hmm. I can't have this or can't do this anymore. Try to focus on who God is. That's good. And that, and that's what you're turning to, right. not just away from, from something because then you can go in any direction. So for, for your group this week or or whatever you're leading, it might be good to take stock in the areas that God has revealed and brought conviction, true guilt. And there's been a turning away of repentance, a forsaking, um, that they can celebrate those things. Yeah. I was going to say maybe, maybe taking stock of that Mm -hmm. and not just moving on would be a really good way to bring joy and celebrate the process mm-hmm. that then encourages more of it. Today's verse on you version. If we walk in the light as he is, in the who light, brought this guy? I, <laughs> we have prepared. fellowship with the one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Right? Bringing yeah. it out. So, even, yeah, confession is huge, mm-hmm. but then that's just the first step. And it's not about behavior modification, like you said, Mike. It's really our hearts and our minds remembering all that God has done and having that change us, getting rid of those lies that lead us to those dark places and replace them with the truth of we are his beloved. I like that. Just don't make it about us. Make it about God. See what happens. Yeah. So my anger comes out in uh, creative ways. Where, um, oh. kind of like the book describes, you know, you might hold things and then mm. it comes out in different ways. So you, you um, the forgive book is what I'm mentioning here. Um, Keller explains. If you can't that, tell, uh, Kevin has it sitting right in front of him right now. Of course he does. He, he brought it to the podcast <laughs> just to show how spiritual he is. No. <laughs> I need it as confidence to remember what Aaron might be talking about this week. He has a slideshow. 
<laughs> you're trying to make me angry. Uh, <laughs> so, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> Look at that smile. Uh, so no, my anger comes out in ways like Keller describes where you hold on to it and then you kind of use um, alternate manipulative w- ways to get back at people. And uh, So what I, do I need to be on the lookout that's for? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, you will probably feel from me um, avoidance. You might be like, well, that wasn't very kind. It may come out oh. in small, small ways like that. But internally, for me, that's my uh, way of being angry. If you all of a sudden feel that my tone changes. Um, I don't tend to notice, notice things. Aaron's <laughs> not good at nuance. That's good. You need to come up for your man and be like, I'm mad at you. And I'll be like, oh, okay, let's talk about it. And I'm learning how to do that over the last, uh, say, five years and ten years. It's been helpful, healthy for me to be able to speak those things. Well, thank you, podcast listener. And now here's a quick bonus part of this episode, talking to Christy and Kevin about what's going on with Elements Youth Ministry. Well, you guys want to give an update on ministry that you guys are preparing for or? so for the high schoolers out there um on september 17th we are having our first meeting here right after second service we'll have lunch together and then kind of wait 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 what are you having for lunch though i'm waiting for suggestions oh. and we're going to spend some time having fun eating but also kind of dreaming about uh where god might be taking us so another thing that we're uh, starting Wednesday of this week, Delta, our lunchtime um, game club is starting up. And it was so cool to have um, so many students uh, last week at the back to school night say, hey, where are you guys? We really want you here. We miss you. Come back. Bring pizza. It's not just about the pizza. Mm-hmm. But, they but that were, was part of it, apparently. <laughs> it's a little bit. You want to talk about pray, pray for me? Yeah. Um, we are excited because uh, together, Kevin and I have uh, been spearheading this campaign for um, connecting adults with students and even students in elementary uh, to connect them through prayer. And so we're still collecting uh, adults. We need adults to sign up that want to pray for kids through at least, I'm saying at least the first half of the year. Hopefully that relationship continues. So we've got a decent amount, not as many as we want yet, but it's, we still have But you're have still collecting weeks. adults. Yes, we're still like collecting Pokemon. adults. I do. <laughs> got to catch them all. But um, on the 24th, we're actually going to have a little get together on the courtyard for about five, 10 minutes, probably more like 10 minutes and um, connect the two. So the student with the adult, so they can chat for a few minutes with the parents and um, figure out what they should be praying for and kind of start that connection. So we're excited about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a little story about that. We even had one of our teenagers who just heard about this this past Sunday and they were so excited. They were like, I want an older person. Mm -hmm. I want one, can I have one? So um, really- want one of their very own. Yeah, so sweet. (laughs) Um, And then other ones were requesting people by name actually. Mm Um, both adults and students. I've been very encouraged by this. All generations, right? Yes. Right. Okay. Thank you for yeah. clarifying. So um, first through 12th graders um, are the people being paired with anyone who is over there, you know, graduated from high school. Cool. Looking forward to it. Thank you.